Does anybody here want to be more effective in witnessing? Does anybody here want to see more miracles when you pray for people? Yeah. I got the right crowd. All right. This is good. All right. A um, couple of things I want to establish. First off, um, all authority is given to Christ. When he sat down on the throne at the right hand of the Father, he said, done. He delivered it to him. When um, he was in the desert fasting for 40 days and Satan wanted him to bow down and worship him, I believe, or consider this at least, that it was about having Jesus' authority. Satan was about to lose all of his authority. And even before Jesus died on the cross, he had enough authority to call down 10 legions of angels. That's probably at a minimum. So what I, what I see that as a, as a power play. Now, once he died, he said it is finished. And the curtain was rent. I would propose for your consideration, because I'm not argumentative or doctrinal based, but, but I, would, I would think of Jesus as the last prophet of the Old Testament when he walked the earth. Revelation 19.10 says, the spirit of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So he walked the earth as a prophet, the last one. He was also Lord and Master to be, but he wasn't that yet. And when the curtain was rent and he said it is finished, that was the end of the Old Testament covenant. And a new covenant came into place, a much better covenant, the covenant that Papa had dreamed of for centuries, but the time wasn't right. What wasn't right with the time? A lot of things. Men's hearts, could they have been worse? They were at different times. Could there have been you know, different government in place? Whatever it was, we don't know. doesn't matter. It's just the time was right. So he was born into a world that was pretty mixed up, a lot of things going on. When he spoke his things, all his lessons to the disciples, after three and a half years of those guys hanging out with him, sleeping with him, hiking with him, camping with him, fishing with him, hunting with him, watching miracle after miracle, uh, the one common denominator they had was they were clueless. <laughs> I love it. It, I can identify so much with that. I mean, I, I look at that and go, those guys were just like me. They were normal, average, I don't get it. Now, they had one thing that most of us don't have is they have a Jewish heritage. So they thought like Jews. They acted like Jews. They practiced Jewish things. Unless you're raised in it, and most of us probably aren't, we don't get it. So when they wrote the things in the Bible... There wasn't a Bible then. When they wrote the letters that they wrote, many times, years later, when they started writing, 20 years later, they said, you know, this thing's breaking out. They were really sharp. It took them the first 15, 20 years. They thought it was the salvation to come to the Jews, and they still didn't even think that you should go outside the synagogue and go to the Gentiles. It was just the Jews, the Jews, the Jews. But thanks to Peter and a dream, and thanks to some guy named Paul, that all changed. And that's, you know, why we're here because <laughs> without it we didn't stand much of a chance but as they wrote those various letters um, they were Jews trying to get a message out to the world that they would never thought about reaching before 
and the best language to do it with was the Greek language. Uh, but they used the Greek language in a Jewish way. They didn't use it in a Greek way. So there was words that are used that they used in the Greek, which is the basis of our Bible, that had never been used in the way they didn't used before, like the word agape. We think agape means, you know, godly love. God didn't mean that at all. It wasn't even, they, they took, agape meant a benevolent, sacrificial love. It took about three centuries for them to, for the, you know, the world to finally figured out but at that time when they were talking agape it was a whole new whole new concept because in the greek world there was lots of gods and all the god the greeks believed the gods were indifferent to human suffering and so you had to go to your god whichever one you chose for the problem you had make a great offering maybe a sacrifice whatever it took to try and get their attention and thereby get their pity and maybe out of their pity they would be moved to do something for you there was no concept of a loving, caring, giving, self-sacrificial God. It didn't exist. So they took this message out into the world, and they, everybody, it took everybody, put everybody on their ear. So the very idea of a God that actually was relational was totally foreign. There was, there was no such thing. So with this wonderful gospel message, they went out and began to evangelize the world and uh, had some interesting effects. What I want to talk about tonight is that uh, in Proverbs, it talks about um, as a man thinks, so is he. And uh, I contend that the battle that we wage daily, I mean, Scripture says we war against principalities and power, but what, is, what does exactly that mean? I mean, what, is, what does that exactly mean? Are we battling for the kingdom of heaven? Are we battling for the gates of hell? What are, what are we battling for? I, I would contend, at least in this one small segment, I mean, it can be applied to many things, I realize that, but what I want to talk to you is that we're battling for our minds and control of our minds. Because the scripture says, bring every thought into captivity and obedience to Christ. It doesn't say bring your soul into captivity and obedience to Christ. The soul doesn't have a problem with it. The soul will go. Your soul's born again. You... How many people want to have more Holy Spirit in them? Well, that's a good one. I, I agree. But I got good news and bad news for you. The bad news is you're not going to have any more Holy Spirit in you tonight or in the future than you have right now. The good news is you've got all the Holy Spirit in you that there is on the planet. All of it. So what's the problem? How come when you pray for somebody, they don't get up? How come when you share the gospel with somebody, they don't get saved? How come you fill in the blanks? The problem's in our head. And so what I would say in a common vernacular is we all need to get our heads fixed once we're saved. You know, I'm not talking Christian science. I'm not talking positive confession. I'm not talking any of that. I'm talking about a positive relationship with the Spirit of God who indwells each one of us. The scripture says that the very uh, power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in us bodily. Now, what is that power? That's the dunamos, where we get the, uh, in the Greek dunamos, we get the word dynamite from. Um, I think if they had something more powerful than dynamite, then they would have used it. If they, had, if, if they had atomic power, then there would have been a Greek word for atomic power. But there wasn't one. 
It was the power above all powers dwells in us. Dwells in us. Now, if you're like me, you don't feel like that every day. But David, when he didn't feel like it, he commanded his body to worship. When he didn't feel like saying, Lord, you know, I don't feel like it, but I'm still going to command my tongue to worship you. That's an act of the spirit man telling the mind to do something it doesn't want to do. The value of that is what? You overcome the enemy. We don't have a battle that we have to fight against the foes like, you know, I want to take that city. We do have, well, let's put it this way. We do have a certain battle. You know, there's principalities and powers and there's territory we can take. And we don't fight it. But the battle's a lot easier than you think. Uh, did anybody see the movie that just came out, uh, Father of Lights? Yeah. Okay. Did you see, okay, in this, in this movie, they're following it. It's the same guys that did Finger of God. Maybe some of you saw that. But it just premiered this week up at uh, Bethel. And they go to this witch doctor's house who's like the meanest, baddest witch doctor that anybody could find in India. This guy has a reputation for cursing pastors and they die. This, this guy has a, he's just really bad. So they go, what the heck, let's go see him. So they go to his house, and they knock on his door, and they say, we want to talk to you. And he goes, no, go away. <laughs> they go, no, 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 we just want to talk to you. No, go away. And his wife comes out, and she's wild looking. And she says, you go away. We don't want anything to do with you. And they go, look, we're not here to cause you any trouble. And you hear the guy in the back goes, I'm blind, I'm blind, I can't see. What'd you do to me? What'd you do to me? Go away, go away. Then, then, uh. They're just standing there. They're not even doing anything. They're not, they're just going, well, we'd just like to talk to you. Come out. Go away, go away. I'm very confused. I'm very confused. I'm blind. Go away. <laughs> All they did was show up at his door. So they went away. And a number of months later, they checked back on him, and nobody's seen him since. He went into the jungle and gone. That guy's just out of business. Or who knows what. Now, what did they do? It's the power of God. They just showed up. That's all they did. They just showed up. Papa, I just want to show up. You know, I want to be yielded. I want to show up, and I want to be there. So when our Kathy and I, our, our prayer is this. When you dreamed of us, eons ago, because it says in, in Psalms that, that he knew us before we were formed in our mother's belly. When he dreamed of us eons ago, he had the highest purpose dreamed of for us. I want to do everything that he dreamed of. I don't want to add anything to it, and I don't want to miss any part of it. I just want to yield to the process and be all there for all that. Now, what does that look like? Well, I know this. If you want to see people healed, pray for more people. The more people you pray for, the more stuff you get to see. But what does it look like? God, please, 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 pretty please, pretty please. I've been good. I've been really good. I've been praying. I'm fasting. Please, 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 please do this thing. Does he answer those prayers? Not very often. I mean, if he does, I don't, I don't get it. 
it's like maybe he was doing it anyway and, you know, whatever. Even those guys walked, you know, the apostles, so we hear all these stories, but sometimes, you know, they walk down the, walk down the street, and, you know, gold and silver have I none. Be healed. What kind of prayer is that? Is that, is that even a prayer? I mean, what is it? The, the attitude, because we're Western and we're Greek, our churches are Greek modeled. We're not Jewish. We're not Eastern modeled. We're Greek modeled. Because we're Greek modeled, we're still taught and trained by tradition that we have to go to God with a supplication and offering. The supplication is the please, 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 and the offer is, offering is, I've been so good. I've been doing this and I've been doing that. I've been so good. I haven't sinned in a week. I know you're going to hear this one. Guess what? He doesn't answer it. Why? Because you already have the dunamis in you. You have all the Holy Spirit you're ever going to have in you right now. When you got saved, you got it all. It's just your mind isn't fixed. Your head's not working like it should. And that takes reprogramming. You know, we're, we're Greek, we're Western. I was walking, uh, you know, I'm, I'm learning this stuff too. I'm not like, we're not all there and we're not all that. It just, especially me, ask my wife. But uh, I was at a, I, uh, I, for, I, for a living right now, I, I manage very large construction projects. And I was walking through a project uh, recently where a lot of men were working. And I saw one of the foremen from one of the crews walking down the sidewalk with his son. And he was bleeding. And he was all beat up. And he was walking like this. And his son was helping him. And I'm walking up the sidewalk. And I'm thinking, whoa, what do I do? <laughs> so I, I said, what happened? And he goes, I just fell off the ladder, and he's got a gash in his side, and his head's thing, he's like this, and he goes, and I can't raise my arms, he's like this, he goes, we're going to the hospital, and I go, and all I could hear was gold and silver, have I none? I mean, I didn't have, I wasn't, it was not even my project, but I was, I didn't have a first aid kit, or, and I wouldn't have known where to start with it, and I'm looking at this guy, what do you do? I said, can I pray for you? And he looks at me, and the two look at each other, they don't even know what it is, they have no good, I love this, I love, I love praying for people that don't know the Lord. You got the best chance of results because they don't have a grid to put it on, right? You pray for a Christian. They got their, they're just like you on the inside. I've been good. I've been good. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. I've been good. I'm good. I can't get this. I'm going to get this. No, I'm going to get this. No. Well, you're good. You're both getting the same attack from the enemy, right? You both, I'm going to pray for you. Yeah, you're going to pray for me, but it isn't going to work anyway. You know, it's like, because I'm so bad, God wouldn't heal me, right? But the unsaved, no problem. They don't have that argument going on in their head. The enemy's not the accuser of the brethren is not accusing them. He's accusing you. But they're getting none of that on their radar. I said, can I pray for you? And I figure, I got nothing to lose. Right? So I go, in Jesus' name, be healed. And his arms just go up like that. And he's doing this. Instant healing, just like that. And he's, he starts crying, right? He starts crying, and he's going, he's like this. The wound it just stopped bleeding, you know? I mean, he just stopped. He was just that much. I go, wow. I go, this is, this is kind of cool. <laughs> Lord, show me more. Show me more. Uh, and I've been doing that more and more. The, the instant prayer, I've got a, I was on a job recently, another job, and a carpenter was hurt. His knee was all 
banged up and he'd been limping for, and he told me for months and he couldn't walk right. And I said, what's wrong with your knee? And he told me that stuff. And I said, I said, come here. And I thought, I'm feeling pretty good now. So I reached out purposely. Everybody, everybody's looking, everybody stops. I was running the project. And I touched his knee with one finger. I just go, be healed in Jesus' name. I go, you feel anything? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't know anything. He's, they're all uh, Spanish crew. They're all talking back and forth. This guy's nuts. You know? And I said, I said, tell you what, I'll have lunch with you guys. And uh, if you get, if you're even that much healed, you're healed. We got the whole thing going. And if you aren't, I'll pray for you again. I'll either way. So I sat with him and had lunch. And I'm asking him, and I go, how's your knee? And he goes, it's a little better. I go, oh, this is so cool. You're healed. So I prayed for him again. Two days later, I'm walking past through the project, and I hear one of the other guys. He's calling me, Dennis, Dennis, come here, come here. I go, what's going on? He goes, look at Caesar. Caesar's on the floor on his knees framing with no brace on, and Caesar's going, no pain, no pain. Now, is that about me or is that about the Lord? You know, it's about him. Well, what did I do? All I was doing was willing to take a, take a risk and not listen to the accuser of the brethren. I, I, he showed up. Well, he showed up in me. You see? Yeah, and I believe, I, I'm, get, I'm getting more radical as I get older. But, you know, we talk about divine appointments. What if every human being you see all day long is a divine appointment? I mean, what are we here for? If we're not here to affect the world around us, then, Lord, punch our ticket now. I mean, the party's pretty good, but the other party's a lot better, right? It's like, so what are we here for? If we're here to have an effect on the world around us, what is that effect? Jesus in us, the hope of glory. When you take his DNA and you mix it with our DNA, just like my wife said, we are totally unique representation of Christ in the world. There's only one of us. And we're fully equipped, except for our head being fixed. And that is an unequipping. <laughs> we have to take the junk out of our head and say, I'm all yours and you're all that. And when you hear that small, still voice, which, I mean, you look at Elijah and he was like, pretty awesome. He could do a lot of stuff. You know, a lot of amazing stuff that, you know, we read about and go, whoa. Yet, when he's in the cave and he's, you know, going, listen, God, you know, I need, I need to hear from you. And there's thunder, lightning, there's rocks, a rock storm, boulders are flying. That's a pretty good storm. Nope. He hears the still, small voice. That's the same for us every day. Very seldom will we hear an audible voice. He'll speak to us sometimes in dreams. He'll speak to us in visions. Or sometimes he'll send an angel. And those, but you know, doesn't, that's not the everyday regular. What the everyday regular is, the still small voice. And what's the still small voice say? Go touch that person. Go pray for that one. Go do this. Go do that. We're the most, we're the mightiest force on the planet when we're yielded to him. There's nothing we can't do. Um, I go hang around emergency rooms sometimes. And I go there and just listen to the Lord. What happens when I'm there is amazing. I just go there yielded. And next thing people start walking up to me. I'm not doing nothing. 
I'm just sitting there. They don't say hi. They come up and say, I'm in so much pain, and just start telling me about their pain. What am I going to do with that? Try it. It's addictive. I mean, you know, go spend a couple hours in an emergency room and see what happens. I mean, stuff just happens. So the, the thing is, is this. There's a lot of things. I mean, oh, i got a little bit more time. Um, when you, if you stand up here and you look at a crowd of people and say, we're going to go out and take the town next Saturday. Everybody that wants to get out and witness on the streets, be here at 8 o'clock. You're going to generally have a lonely 8 o'clock. <laughs> Why? Well, there's a lot of things. The accuser of their brethren, though, is right there. You hear about the fear of man and all these things. Look, the fear of man is, is uh, I'm going to say it's a lie. I'm going to say it's a lie. Because a fear of man is just another lie from the enemy to make you afraid. It's not a fear of man. It's a lack of relationship. If you pursue Papa... If you pursue Holy Spirit, if you pursue his presence in your life on a daily basis, you will live in overflow. If you live in overflow, you don't even think about witnessing. You just can't help but touch somebody with the compassion of Jesus. The next person you see on the sidewalk is the perfect person for you. Go out and lead people to the Lord. Do you start out leading people? Now, some people are, are evangelists. I'm not an evangelist. Neither is Kathy. But we get to go out and minister in the street, and we call it marketplace ministry. We get really excited about it because we, we come home with all these crazy stories because we never know what's going to happen. We don't go out with the purpose of, I'm going to go out and minister today. I'm going to lead five people to the Lord. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. We just go out full of Jesus and in love. And, and stuff just presents itself in front of us. There are opportunities. I mean, it's like the woman's weeping. What am I going to do? I got a word for the man. What am I going to say? The guy's bleeding. What am I do now? You know, I mean, it's just everywhere we go. The fields are white for harvest. We can't help but see all the opportunity around us. Lord, send more people into the harvest. It's white hot. I get people coming to me and going, we're waiting for revival, brother. I'm going, waiting for revival? We're in the biggest revival of the history of history. This is it right now. This is the big one. They got whole churches praying for the big one. I'm going, you're in it. This is it. Don't pray for it. Live it. I believe, just like I believe when we first got saved, that we are an extension of the book of Acts. That was our pattern. What did they do? They did normal stuff. I think we're in Acts 2012. Just my personal belief. What's it matter? I mean, doctrinally, eh, who cares? Not going to hurt anybody. You know, there's certain things doctrinally you can believe or whatever believe. You don't even want to call it doctrine, but it's like, eh, what's the harm? You know, somebody could argue with me about it. You know, I'm not trying to write more chapters in the Bible. I just want to live more chapters in the Bible. There's a difference. So we get to do, <laughs> we get to do that. So every day as we get up and go out when, we, when we're not, you know, fighting in our own minds, you know, finding stuff. Because, you know, we're normal. Stuff gets to us. You know, do we have days? Do we have days that are not as good as others that, you know, sometimes where we feel a little bad? Yeah. But what we do is we get back up on that bicycle and ride. We have a choice. Okay. I actually got a scripture or two here. I want to read something out of Romans. It's kind of fun. Romans in uh, Romans 12 too. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, 
you know, everybody's got all the different variations and translations and all this stuff. Our Bible's primarily translated from Greek. Uh, if you're Eastern Christian, your uh, Bible's coming from some other sources that were uh, ancient writings as well. So they'd be the same, but maybe slightly different in a word or two. That has nothing to do with what I'm going to share right now. Uh, <laughs> but it's good while I'm turning pages, you know. So uh, Romans 12, 2. Um, it says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's pretty good. Everybody knows that scripture. But the Greek word there, renewing, um, another translation of that word is renovate. I like that. You know, think of a renovation. You tear down stuff and you make it cool. You want to renovate your kitchen or your house? The idea is to make it better. You're not going to do it to make it look shabbier than it is now. You go the other direction. It's a wonderful thing. So we get, we get to renew our minds. That's available to us. How do we do that? Our soul speaks to our minds and says, mind, get with the program. Right? mind don't believe this nonsense the enemy is constantly feeding us the nonsense but we don't have to listen to it you know is it <laughs> when you get it in your head to walk over to that person across there in a restaurant and give them a word is that the devil telling you to do that how many people that are yielded to the devil get to do that how many do you ever see doing that? How many people that don't know the Lord hear that voice? The devil's not telling his troops to do that. There's only one person telling the troops to do that, and that's those that have the Spirit of God in them. So I dare you. I dare you. I double-dog dare you. <laughs> What's better than that? We get to do this. We get to have fun. It's not a hard walk. Now, Jesus, as near as I could talk, as near as I could talk, I can't talk right now, <laughs> but I'm working on it. The worship was a little much, but it, so far I'm going okay. Which, by the way, I'll tell you something. Um, I play guitar in worship. I, that sister you shared about um, you know, tying into what's inside and, and letting it out, what you... What you shared about it kind of it reminded me of when uh, Leif was here a couple of months back, and he was talking about listening to the song in your heart, okay, the music in you. I've had that music in me since I was far back as I could remember. drove me crazy because I couldn't figure out how to get it out. First off, I could never figure out how you could play lead in worship because I never heard of such a thing. And I didn't even play for, I gave up playing because I got so much discouragement. I wasn't trying to play, I just wanted to play in worship. I got so much discouragement, I actually didn't play for almost 20 years. And then, and then uh, got involved with some intercessors, and one day I picked it up and started playing, and that's what came out. It's like, thank you, Jesus. I was finally got my head fixed to where I realized the song in my heart was okay. Okay? Everybody here has a song in their heart. For some, it's music. For some, it's feeding the poor. For some, it's healing the sick. For some, it's a dozen things. It doesn't matter. If you're in Christ, you have gifts. Amen. 
You know, nobody gets left out in this party. Everybody gets to eat the cake. It's, it's totally cool. Do you know that when, when the wedding table was set 2,000 years for us, that everything on that table is still as fresh today as the day it was set? Because there's no corruption in heaven. It's perfect. And your chair is there. <laughs> they don't have to go send somebody out and say, we need another chair. There's another one. No, it's there. It's there. Your place is assured. That's a little side bonus. But, yeah, a little side bonus. You get to keep that. That's free. But um, so those things that are in us, we need to get our mind out of the way so we can yield to him. It's kind of like I get, I get, you know, Satan is so stupid, you know, and his minions. I mean, you know, you know, in the science fiction movies or cartoons, sometimes movies, you know, they kill the monster and the monster breaks up on the ground and then whoop, all those little monster pieces come alive and now there's 10,000 monsters. Boy, did we mess that one up. You know, we killed the monster. Well, reverse it around and that's what happened when he killed Jesus. Because now there's 10 billion representations of Jesus in the world with all the same power and authority available to them. Do you want to walk in that? It's called the bride. Okay? He's coming back for a bride that's wearing army boots, kicking butt, and doing the work that he started. Want to be part of it? You are part of it. It's just some are asleep. You know, Paul said, awake, go sleeper. And that's what's calling right now. We're in a time of Elijah, I believe, where young and old are ministered together. Kathy and I were young enough, uh, fortunate enough to be involved in a great revival or awakening called the Jesus Movement. I mean, we ran hard with that. We had a lot of fun. And after about 10 years, it was like, what happened? You know, we longed and yearned. We talked for 20 years about the worship we used to have and said, I guess we'll never see that again. We cried over it because we kept going and trying to find it, and it was just gone. What happened? It got religious. It got religion. You know, sorry. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not talking against a group or a... I'm not naming any church because I don't have anything against any churches. I have, it's what against is, what I have something against is when we substitute relationship for rules, rules for relationship. When we, when he died to have a passionate relationship with us, like the Song of Solomon that goes into an inner chamber and we spend intimate time with him and he says, walk with me and talk with me and I'm going to come to you in the afternoon and walk with you in the cool of your garden and I want to talk to you about what I'm going to do with you and I also want to talk to you about stuff, just stuff. He wants to sometimes come to us and just say, See that? Yeah, I see it. I made that. I know. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, really cool. Just wanted to point it out. He wants to have that relationship with us. What, what's he waiting for? He's waiting for nothing. I mean, he's all there. It's just us. He's a whisper away. How close? A whisper. How close? A still, small voice. How wonderful? Everything, the dunamis, the power that created the universe, the very, very presence, what Jesus saw the Father do, he did. We get to do that stuff. We get to walk in that stuff. We get to be that. You know, we, 
We do this stuff, you know. Now, let's talk about our mind a minute again. As we start to do stuff, what do we do about it with our mind? One, we get our mind in check and we say, okay, mind, back seat, spirit, front seat. Do something pretty cool, something happens. You're not us doing it. Jesus threw us doing it. Now what do we do? Father, pray this prayer. Don't let me think anything about myself other than what you think about me. That's the perspective. We get gifts. We get to walk in gifts, sometimes mighty gifts. What I do is I walk with an open hand. Father, you put this gift in my hand. Thank you so much. If I never get to do it again, that's okay with me. I don't live for the gift. I live for you. We have a loose relationship with it. Then we give him the glory. We're not taking any of the glory. We're not walking in pride. We're just out looking for opportunities that he brings to us. I love what Heidi Baker says when they say, how do you feed 4,000 kids a day? She goes, I don't. I just feed the one in front of me. How can you be more effective in the world around you? Don't worry about it. Just take care of the person in your face. <laughs> Share the word with them. Share whatever they need. You know, Pray for them. Help them. Whatever it is. I mean, he loves them as much as he loves you. And if you're hanging around here much, you know that's a lot. <laughs> okay. Gosh, I think I've covered most of it. Um, and it's almost time to go get the kids. So uh, we got a couple of minutes. I would like to have everybody stand up. And um, Kathy and I are activators. We, we pray for people and things happen. We're fire starters. But so are you. You just don't realize it some days. So... Uh, I'd say everybody, you know, turn to the person on your right and left, grab a hand, and just and just pray for them and say, Lord, you know, give them more, more, give them more of an awareness of who you are in them. Give, give them increase. You're all that and more. Your spirit over their mind. <laughs> give them a perspective of what you died to give them in your fullness. <laughs> Increase in us as we see how beautiful the way you see us is so beautiful. Everything about us is wonderful. Nothing has to be put down or pushed out of the way. But we yield to you. We yield to you that you come in and make all things new. Thank you that we're perfect in your sight. That we are a finished work. Jesus brother Jesus you said it is finished thank you for finishing what you started thank you for being true now come in 
we yield to you all of us every part of us that is perfect in you there is nothing bad or wrong we yield all to you come in and work through us touch the one in front of us move through our hands We say yes to you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We want yes, more. More witness. Open our minds. <laughs> Open our minds to say yes to you, <laughs> Holy Spirit. We just want more understanding set free in our minds that we can pursue you in the way that you designed us for. Thank you, Lord. 